Welcome to E20, your unofficial EastEnders podcast. Oh, well, I had a lovely Christmas. Martin gave us, right, this really nice gold watch. Emma. And I'm just making Ian and myself a wonderful Christmas pudding with all the traditional trimmings. You know, paracetamol, sleeping aids, and of course, a little bit of Valium. Connor. So what we got coming up this week, Emma? We discuss the Christmas episodes and we read out your thoughts on the episodes and what you hope to see from New Year. But first, here's the Christmas jingle. Last Christmas, Sharon broke Phil's heart and the very next day, Martin took Keanu away. This year, to save us from tears, we're praying for no Doc Martin. Ian's beaten, but will he die? Mick keeps his distance, Ruby continues to lie. But tell me, darling, did you really do it? Well, you can't believe you're a bit of a misfit. Merry Christmas. Martin wrapped it up and sent it. With a no saying, I love Stacey meant it. Now we know what a fool we've been. But if they kiss now, we know they'd fool us again. Last Christmas, Linda shot Keanu's arm. And the very next day, Keanu flew away. This year, to save us from tears, we're praying for no Dark Martin. We've got a final warning. Beep, beep, beep. <laughs> Is this about them pictures that I, I sent Frankie? I'm sorry, Emma. I couldn't help myself. I know that Irish guy's very annoyed with us, but uh... <laughs> if you haven't already, please, please, please pick your favourite lines, a couple, if you would, from our fabulous rendition of Band-Aid and send it our way. Send a few recordings our way. Drop them in our emails. Yes, you can find us singing in one of our previous podcasts, or to make it easier for you, we have put it on SoundCloud, and you can find it on our Twitter page, which is at E20Podcast. If you would like to get involved, please send your recordings to E20Podcast at Outlook.com with the subject heading Banded E20. And this is your final warning, as we're going to be putting it out in next week's podcast. Now to get on with the Christmas roundup. We have thought Bernie has been missing. She hasn't been seen. She hasn't been heard. No one has referenced her. But this week, she appeared. Oh my God, she's back. For how long? Well, she was in two scenes, two little (laughs) scenes. One dressed as an elf, and one helping Billy. Oh, like a proper Santa's little helper. So, um, Billy needs help with Christmas presents. Bernie doesn't really want to help him. But what we can say is, none of it worked. Karen's broke up with him. 
Well, it could also be because he did dress up as like a half naked Santa and turn up at our door. <laughs> but let himself in, actually. Let himself in. Can you in. imagine, right? Christmas Eve. You're just lying there. You hear that oh so familiar pitter patter <laughs> of feet on your roof. You hear the bells are jingling. You go downstairs and there's Billy Mitchell standing there half naked wearing a, a rubbish pound shop Chris Santa like stocking set. Like, jingling his it, bells. Oh yeah, well there would be no jingle of his bells. <laughs> Flipping heck, definitely not Emma. <laughs> <laughs> There'll be no kiss none of that mistletoe or anything else. He can flip it, stuff his own uh, stocking this year. Pull his own cracker if you catch me drift. I mean, I do just love, right? I love that Karen had all the Christmas spirit up until that point. Billy, you've ruined it. I love it. Billy's literally ruined Christmas for not only Karen, but also the entire Taylor family. Because after that, she's like, I hate Christmas. <laughs> I mean... And Billy's just like, sorry, can we not just get back together? Is it the? Is it about the pants? So when Billy now thinks the fact he was dressed as a half-naked Santa has just turned off like the whole community of <laughs> Square, like, ah! <laughs> I mean, it would. That That's basically why you didn't get the Santa gig, isn't it? Let's be real, ladies. That's I've got why. a question, actually, about the Santa stuff. Because, right? When, <laughs> it, know gonna ask. <laughs> when it shows it later, Mitch is just your normal, everyday Santa. Mitch. Now, yeah. if I remember correctly... Do they... you remember that episode <laughs> that he came in? I was like, I know. They were auditioning a, a bad Santa... Now, why? And was the bad Santa always intended to be there? Or was it's an interesting take of um, family Christmas <laughs> with all of the square. Let's hire a stripper. I mean, maybe maybe Mitch just decided that his ho-ho-hoing days were over. So were they all auditioned me? for this thing? And then just, just to... It didn't pl- happen. No, they just played a normal Santa? yeah. Yeah, interesting. I, I have a feeling that maybe the script that said Mitch performs something as a Santa was kind of just lost. I feel like Callum must have knocked them off again. So, well, if you can't have Karen, Billy's just going to go back to Honey because, you know, she would just totally drop everything and go back with him. I know, I do love this. I was like, you horrible little jumped up so-and-so. It's Christmas. Honey's worked her butt off making this massive feast that we never got to see, by the way. Massive feast. And yet, all he's interested in is getting his leg over with her now because suddenly he's got no one. I don't get how he thinks just because he has no one suddenly that she's just going to drop everything and go back to him. Yeah, exactly. Where was he when all this, like, he's not actually been there for her at all. He wasn't there for her when she had eating disorder. In fact, he was very, very horrible to her about it. So the idea that he can just come swanning in and be her new, like, you know, boyfriend, it's just ridiculous. That's not how the world works, Billy. Like, you have to earn someone's love. You can't, you can't just, you know, like, waltz in after not... Well, we used to date. Do you remember? I gave you a ring back in primary school. Like, Turn up with the door. <laughs> yeah, like, do you know what I mean? Do you remember we used to date back in high school? And they're like, yeah, but I'm happily married now. Well, I know, but I was nice to you back then, wasn't I? <laughs> That's what Billy's just done. I was like, Billy, you are getting a lump of coal for Christmas. <laughs> so as, we, as you were just saying, mm-hmm. Honey's organised this big community event. 
and she needs volunteers. You've got a hungover Kim. You've got Mitch as Santa. You've got Denise there. You've got Jay there. Mitch and Karen were doing the food. However, drama with the food. Absolute drama. Sharon wasn't preparing it, was she? No, thankfully not. That could have been even worse. Yeah. <laughs> that could have had some extra ingredients. <laughs> oh, the stuff it is. Lovely, Sharon. Is it your own recipe? Yes, yes. My mum's actually. Pour some more volume in. <laughs> <laughs> the fridge. It wasn't, it wasn't on. And all the why food, was it? all the food's gone off and I don't know why the fridge wasn't on. Yes. Like, I'm so glad you thought that too, because I was just like, shouldn't the fridge just always be on? <laughs> the restaurant. It's a restaurant. Like, for what reason was the fridge off? Yeah, I don't know. I think... And also, like, surely they put stock in there that's going to be there for quite some time. Let's be real. We've all seen kitchen nightmares. We know how long some of that food stays in them fridges. <laughs> I think. Right, correct me if I'm wrong. Right. But I think that was so Jay could go to this catering place that owed him a favour, come back with all the food, save the day. I'm starting to wonder, Emma, maybe this, maybe we're going into like conspiratorial, you know, uh, rigged election, like kind of, kind of territory. But I, I have a feeling you might be right, Emma. Yeah, I, have I, a I mean, I don't right. want to say that Jay's unplugged the fridge or something. I don't want to yeah. say that. We're not pointing any fingers. But if it wasn't him, it was Karen because she wanted to cancel Christmas. Yes, so, so no fingers being pointed. No, but no, no. It could be either of them. But if I was putting my money on any of them, yeah. ugh, them two are top. By the way, living, speaking of Kim, when we mention Kim, living for the fact that she gets delivered by the milkman. <laughs> like, I was like, where did the, where's this milkman been? Like, <laughs> He must be the oldest milkman in all of England. No one gets their milk delivered still. No. <laughs> I could understand when Kat came in. Do you remember when Kat oh, was... That's she, what it reminded me of. Yeah. When she was drunk and she, she yeah. was helped off by Steve Owen, wasn't she? I have to say, I think I was watching... I feel like it was the one show. Not 100% right. though. But there is one place in the country where they still very much rely on their milkman because... It helps the community or something. I can't remember. There's a whole thing on it. I'll try and find it. And like the the they all love him, and he's been doing it for that many years. They just they just want to support him. And he oh, also, I'm sure God. he also delivers bread as well. So he's not fully milkman, but he <laughs> he's also just bread as well. <laughs> so he's just really bread. delivery man, he's, but he's branched out. <laughs> he's branched out. <laughs> it was you know it was terrible, brutal, neck and neck between him and the the supermarket supplying the milk. So he thought, I'm gonna have to get into bread now. And then he found out that the bakeries, now all the bakeries are doing bread as well. He started delivering Amazon parcels too on <laughs> <Yes>! the side. <laughs> he also part-time temps as like a delivery driver. <laughs> so I'm still on the fence about this milkman. I don't believe that Albert Square would have rallied together to look after this man's livelihood. <laughs> but then again, then again. Yeah, it's not, they do, no, they do look out for each other around here. Exactly. Exactly. Ruby said it, didn't she? And if she said it, it must be true. Because she's been there for years. And she always looks out for her friends. Yeah, always. Especially Stacey. She really looks out for her. Yes, so much so that she even hires people to beat Stacey up. You know, because sometimes 
Sometimes Stacey needs beaten up, but she's too embarrassed, too embarrassed to ask for it. And you know, so Stacey just wanted some alone time to put her feet up and Ruby thought, you know what, well I'll take Martin off your hands. Exactly, there you go. And then, you know, Kush, she knew that Kush was struggling, but what he needed was some tough love. He needed a wake-up call, didn't he, Emma? He needed a wake-up call about how bad his gambling was. So what did she do? She swindled him out of all of his money and, you know, ruined his life. And, you know, with Christmas coming up, it was only right that she really helped a good pals over at the Slaters out and Martin's family. And she decided, well... You know what? You love the snow. You love the snow. Well, who needs a home? We're going to take that off you. Yeah, exactly. See, she's lovely, really. She's looking out for the entire community. (laughs) And speaking of the community, Honey has finally got the caterers in. Jay has pulled in a favour like the knight in shining armour he is. Has Nehemiah? He's got Big Nige. Big Nige, he's got his wife. And, uh, How do the they always them? have someone who like owes them a favour and like that kind of to that extent, if you know what I mean? Yes. Like yes, if I owed like you a favour, it would if I owed you a favour, it would probably be like, what, I owe you five pounds or <laughs> I don't know, or a coffee. But well, you like know you, you gave some cash uh, do you remember like you, you gave like I didn't have enough change for a meal once, so you give us like a few pounds or yeah. something. It's like that. That's, it's not yeah. like then it's not like then I'm indebted to Emma for like <laughs> You know, I have to give her, like, the entire house. Well, you know, you know, I did give you that, that two pounds, so the house is mine. The only thing I could think of for Jay is he obviously worked at the funeral parlour, so the only thing I could think of here is he's clearly buried that man's wife or something. Yeah, and... or someone that he hated. So I'm like, how does he really owe you a favour? That's your job, Jay. Yeah, I mean... It's quite an annoying... It's like you say, that's a lot of food. That's a lot of money. Yeah. That's a lot of staff as well. Like mm. It's like literally me get, getting you a coffee because you don't have enough money and then yeah. you having to like sell your house just to... I love how know. in all these scenarios I don't have anybody. I'm like the slate house. <laughs> I'm Ruby. <laughs> be like, I have to put a disclaimer out now. Be like, I do have money. I just have to buy me things. <laughs> <laughs> Please, sir, may I have some more? <laughs> and I'm like, Ruby, I'm, I'm just, just taking your home off you. I'm just going to just take everything <laughs> off this place. I'll have no left. <laughs> I'm always looking out for me. <laughs> really, you are. <laughs> and last night, Emma even hired someone right to come round and beat us up. He was this Irish man who said that he wasn't happy <laughs> He saw the videos. And I was, saw the videos. You know, that's just how it goes. Yeah. Frankie it's wasn't impressed, weird. right? No, she wasn't. <laughs> no, she wasn't. Well, I wasn't impressed with this blooming meal because after all this hype, I was expecting to say that like, the entire residency of like the square, like every family and everyone in a single place all eating Christmas dinner. I was really looking forward to it. I thought that'd be nice. Nice, like, juxtaposed to like, you know, everything else that's going on. Like, it's like, you know, attempted murder and things. It'll be a nice, like, contrast. We didn't get to see it. <laughs> no. Well, we got to see a little bit of a song and dance. Which was, which was much appreciated. <laughs> um, We got to see Jay's speech about honey, which really just screamed, like, it's like Elf, I love you, I love you, I love you. Yeah, it is literally that. And, yeah, that's what we got to see from the event. Um. <laughs> I didn't see the... Did you see the food? 
Nah. Nah, I, did, I swear to God, I didn't see any of the food being eaten. I don't remember it being put out. No. We didn't see the scene. Like, we didn't see the actual <laughs> meal. Like, that's what's so funny about it. This whole thing's just like, we could feed the 500. And then Denise is like, 5,000. But... <laughs> You couldn't feed even then because no one saw anything. No one was invited in. I did They're all outside dancing with Kim. I did love when Honey was like, there's not that many people, Denise. Yeah. <laughs> Don't be ridiculous. I mean, that would be ridiculous. Feeding 5,000 people. <laughs> Denise was just like, oh, gosh. <laughs> I mean, it was lovely. It was a nice little... A nice little departure from, like, you know, all of the horribleness. <laughs> all the horribleness on the square. But there was, there was a scene that me and Emma have been dreading, <gasps> dreading since we read about it. And we knew it was coming. We've all known it was coming for quite some months. It was like, it, 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 honestly, I felt like the dread you feel when Voldemort returned. You know, you knew he was going to do something terrible, didn't you? You knew a storm was a coming, as Hagrid said. And you felt that dread. And that's what me and Emma felt. Yep. Me and Emma felt that dread when we knew that Honey and Jay were going to become a thing. It's just, it's just, no. It's, I know we support Aaron's stuff, but can like, can we not remember when, like, basically she was like a mother to her? Yeah, and like, because Billy used to, like, look after him all the time as a child. Then Honey was there for Jay when his dad died. Yeah. And he was a child. Then he, then she was his auntie because he was adopted by Phil and used to go, they used to have like Christmas dinners with her as his auntie across the table. How do you forget that? How do you like remove that from your brain? It's just too weird, guys. I'm just not here for it. I can't, I can't ship it. And it's not just because I've got my little crush on Jane. <laughs> no. I this think... is, I would, I would have him with anyone. Oh, for honey. I just think that they had such a lovely friendship and I don't and really that, think it needed to be brought to this. I like that as well. Like, I feel like this is quite you're refreshing right, as well. Friendship. Yeah. It was refreshing that a young man, like, and, uh, you know, a woman were friends mm -hmm. without platonic friendship. It was nice. You don't need to have a romance in that. But we got one. We got one. We didn't ask for it, but we got it. And, um, well, Billy also got it and uh, wasn't too pleased, was he, Emma? No, they're dead to him now. Dead to him. I love when Billy was like, first you've got you've had my granddaughter, <laughs> now my wife. Who next? Janet. And <laughs> then he's like, then Jay's like, punch me, punch me. And Billy's not going to punch him. And he's like, you're I mean, dead to me. <laughs> But Billy's like, I should lay you out. I was like, come on, Billy. Come on. Your fighting days are over, love. If they ever were. <laughs> like, do you remember when... I always remember this. He used to bully Jamie Mitchell. I always remember that. And for that reason, I always held a, a little bit of, like, resentment towards Billy Mitchell. But, but I always find it ridiculous when Billy thinks he's, like, the tough guy. Come on. I mean, everyone, including Peggy, Phil... Grant, they've all referred to him as one thing, the runt of the litter. Like, he has always been that. He's like inept. So the idea that he's then stood before Jay going, I should lie you out! <laughs> I'm just like, Billy, put yourself away, love. That Come was on. wonderful. 
was it? Was it? Yeah, it was, was, it was like, good. I like that. <laughs> Maybe that's my talent after all. <laughs> I can do Billy Mitchell impressions. <laughs> I knew I had a talent somewhere. Oh, did you like the bit, right? Where Billy, Billy's so annoyed about this. Like, he has a right tantrum. But at the end of the yeah. day, he is in their eyes is with Karen. And um, they're two single people. So it is a bit weird that yes. he's, he's got this whole level of anger to the point he, they're dead to him. That's what he said, dead. Yeah, dead. Like, let's be honest, Stacey didn't have this when her own best friend stole her husband. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Like... This reaction is like what you're saying, right? It, yes, we don't. We personally don't like the Jay and Honey like relationship, but it's not like they're dead to her. Like it's not like that <laughs> level. We didn't have that reaction. Billy is only annoyed because Karen has dumped him, and he can't just go and flip in, you know, dive straight back in with uh, Honey. The which was his plan? <laughs> yes, but which is so rude. <laughs> he's on his own because them two. Have- just had to leave him to it because he's in a huff. He's gone off. He's gone off to have a drink. Right, why is there seats outside of what looked like a jewellery shop? I didn't understand that. Did they do takeaways as well? Yeah, it literally looked like that jewellery <laughs> shop also slash catering for alcohol. It was so unusual, wasn't it? I was like, eh? Is that where he got that necklace for Karen from? Oh, uh, yeah. The brewery. <laughs> <laughs> Made out of glass bottles from l- yes. like lagers and beers. <laughs> <laughs> Do you like red wine? Why not have it in a necklace too? Instead of like a like a gem, it's a piece of glass. Glass just containing wine. <laughs> have a little bit of wine that you can just sip every now and then. <laughs> hey, that's a business. Get me on Dragon's Den. Yeah, there you can. It's a mini, like a little bit of alcohol that you can take around with you as well. There you go. I mean, don't let Mr. TikTok hear you though. Oh, it's okay. I, I could get that Irish guy to go and tell him that he's seen the videos. Everything will be fine. True. Threatening that guy. Threatening. <laughs> <laughs> so it ends with Jay and Honey deciding that the kiss meant nothing. But looking at each other like it did mean something. <sighs> We've all heard this before, haven't we, Emma? It meant nothing. It meant nothing. One minute, we were just staring at each other. The next, <laughs> we were ripping each other's clothes off. <laughs> I'm starting to wonder if that's coming. No. Well, we got our first peek into Ruby's house this week, didn't we? did. Very dark in there. Bit glum. That's what I was thinking. A bit dim. I was like, love, you need to pop them lights on. I know you've got your Christmas tree lights on, but I think you need more. I think you need a bit more. I, like, a little bit more. I mean, I've got a few lights up. So, you know, when I don't have the big light on, I have some illumination. But Ruby's, who's like flipping Black Hole of Calcutta, I want it. I know. I'm like, I know we'd, we'll say you don't want Blackpool illuminations, but God, you need yeah. some light in there, Ruby. You need a little. <laughs> you need a little bit. The decks were all right. I'm not criticising the decks. They were all right. They were all right, Ruby lovers. But did you also notice what Martin did straight away and did that? It's such a cliche, did it? And he should have known better, shouldn't he? He should have known better. <laughs> he wrapped both presents that mysteriously were in identical boxes, Why? as Emma pointed out to me. Yes, right. 
Did anyone notice that the keyring box and the watch box were identical? Where would you get these Who the from? heck puts a keyring in a box? <laughs> that's sick, that. That's like mind games, that. Isn't it? Shaking so hard to them, thinking that's like going to be a ring, and they open it, and it's just a keyring. I feel like I'm getting flashbacks today, Dave Fiance, where he hands that, that when this lad, British guy Tom, hands Darcy like a, a, a ring box. Shortens up, it's a key to his old house. I thought you were going to say you're having flashbacks to when someone wrapped up your selection box. Stop. Can I just say, me and I have had a long, long discussion about this, right? <laughs> and I'm not trying to sound ungrateful, and I know it's going to come across like that, but really, I would have just preferred no gift. I would have preferred no gift, because I have to sit there and go, E, this is amazing, this. <laughs> e, I've never seen chocolate before in my life. Wow. It's like I'm some sort of undiscovered tribe that they're like, would you like some chocolate? I feel like Martin would have gotten Ruby a selection box and wrapped it up this year. I feel like I feel like he would have. Mind you, she was like, Scrooge, you saw no wonder. She was like, she'll get a pizza ordered in. And I know it was all part of a plan. I know it was all part of the plan. But <laughs> I love the way you went like that. You're like, yeah, no, 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 no. just part of the plan. Because that's how I imagine she, she talks in her head. Like, but the problem is, is that when you lie like that, and create a fake story like that. He's going to believe it. She's clearly been saying that for the entire of December. We're just having pizza on Christmas Day. Well, I'm sorry. I wouldn't want to stick around for that either. No. And also... You could have said something more interesting. Imagine. You, that she's like, it's our first Christmas together. We're going to have pizza. Yeah. Uh, I always no. preferred the Italian's way of Christmas. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, who was who would ever suggest pizza on Christmas Day? <laughs> no, I'm sorry, love. Not unless it's got turkey, stuffing, and flipping all the trimmings. I'm not having any pizza. I'll Can you imagine that? That's human. the most disgusting pizza I've just described. <laughs> <laughs> turkey, stuffing, cheese, tomato, all of that. That would be vile. <laughs> I bet one day, if there isn't already, there's a, probably a Christmas pizza. There will be. Someone's made that. You know how they do the... Um, roast dinners in the big Yorkshire puddings and make it into like a wrap and that you have to dissect the Yorkshire don't you I would want that on my dinner plate for Christmas well it's not on a dinner plate it's wrapped up it's like a wrap so you actually collect it and you eat it like as you you, when you're out sorry no sorry I'm in a state of shock now (laughs) it's takeaway yeah do you want to show you I'm in a state of shock Emma you're gonna have shows right guys guys this is this is serious now this is a serious defilement of nature. A Yorkshire pudding wrap. Yeah, that's it. Got it. Okay, prepare to be... Oh. <laughs> I'm going to be absolutely reviled on her. <laughs> <sighs> that's like a sin against Christmas. Yeah, so like they wrap... That's a sin against Sunday dinners. They wrap it up and you eat it like you would like a, a wrap. <laughs> but... No, that's evil, that. That's evil. Someone wicked has come up with that. Someone wicked. That's not. That's 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 unholy. That that is unholy. It's almost as unholy as flipping Ruby's suggestion of pizza on Christmas Day. I mean, no wonder Martin was like, "See No wonder he was like, "Ah, be about mm, two hours tops." I love that. He was like, "We're just gonna stay there." I love it because he was like, "I'll be an hour, maybe two, maybe two. (laughs) Don't don't wait up. (laughs) Maybe a." longer <laughs> nothing says Christmas like your husband leaving you to go spend it with his ex-family 
the way he done the presents in the same wrapping, same boxes. You knew what was going to happen. Silly Martin. The way he you picked one up. After all these years. <laughs> he picked one up. He picked the other one up. No, went back to that one. Well, I loved it because he kind of like, he went like this, did he? he went. Kind of shuffled them like, around, yeah. Yeah, he weighed them in his hands <laughs> as if he was like, as if, you know, like, it was the Egyptian afterlife where you can weigh the hearts of people against a feather. And he's like, ooh. I thought he was doing some sort of like psychometry, you know, where you can read the, the memories of an object. He's like, yes. <laughs> this is the key ring. Yes, this is the key ring. It was just weird. What was he expecting to be able to tell from that? They both looked exactly the same. They were in a box. It was just so identical. It was unreal. Yeah, that wouldn't happen with the key ring and a watch. No! That watch was like from flipping some really flash jewelers. There's no way they go, oh, if you fancy, we've got a deal on for um, key rings as well. Buy one really expensive Rolex, diamond studded, and you get a key ring free. That doesn't happen. No. And also... The kind of presents Martin normally buys, a watch wouldn't have been something I, f- I would think he would buy. I feel like Martin is living this life that he's wanted to live. He does. I, I don't think him and Ruby actually do love each other. I think no, they don't. She, You're right. She's loved what Stacy had, and she saw that, and she wanted it. But rather yeah. than just go out and find a man, she went and just thought, "Well, I'll just take Martin, and yeah. that'll do." But she hasn't, I think she finds that out later on when he gets out of the key ring, he wants to go to the pub. That's not the Martin she's created. That is Martin. That's a Martin we all loved. And that's not the ideal Martin that she had in her mind. So yeah, she's exactly. had this perfect picture as to how she can be like Stacy, and she's not getting it. And Martin's had this perfect lifestyle like, oh, well, I can go and have all this money. I can be free of the kids. I can go traveling. So they're both loving the lifestyles, but not each other. And that's what's brought them together. I think it's a lifestyle opportunity. That's true. I think you're right. I feel like it's like, it's like you say, it's a fantasy gotten out of hand. Like, yeah. I feel like they love the ideas of certain things, but actually they have no comprehension of what that actually means. Like, what do they have in common? I think I said this when they first got together. What physically, because you have to have some things in common and you can have things that are complete polar opposites and that can also attract you. But you do have to have... Like some things, like my partner and me, we like, you know, have very similar political beliefs. We have very similar interests when it comes to films and literature. So like we have that to bond on. What does Martin and Ruby have that's similar? There's nothing. Ruby came from a a wealth of, well, criminality, but also like she came from wealth and Martin came from nothing. Martin has worked his entire life hands to the ground kind of you know like manual labor ruby has inherited a lot and that's not that's not me griping either you know like i'm not saying because she's inherited that somehow means that she's just worse than Martin. i just mean like they're just different people they're completely what do different they have in yeah and i think that's the thing they're both wanting she's wanting that more family side all of a sudden and yeah he's <laughs> <laughs> overnight um and he's always wanted this because he's always worked, he's, as you've said. He's yeah. He's had children. He had Bex young, and he's had more. And now he's getting this chance to like not have any responsibilities. And it's like they're using each other's lifestyles. Like they've seen. It's like you yeah. see something on Facebook or Instagram, and you think, mm-hmm. "Oh, I wish I had that." And then when you actually get it, it's not as good as it was. Because it turns out 
that person might have made it a bit bigger than it was. Yeah, the fantasy is always better than what the actual reality is. Like, you know, <laughs> the human brain's a marvellous thing. And for Ruby, it, she's let her brain tell her that this is what she's always wanted. But in reality, we've seen her say numerous times, she doesn't want children. She's not the settling down type. She doesn't have, like, the, the dream of a white picket fence. Yet she suddenly developed those things. And I feel like it's come from a place of loneliness, maybe, or, like, like something she felt like she's missing something and then looked like you say to Stacy and see what she has her friend her oldest friend and is like yes I want that now I want a man just like Martin I'll just take Martin yeah but like, rather than go and actually find one she just takes yeah takes I'll have Martin like instead <laughs> of like actually finding someone like Martin it's, it's I mean she had Jay like that. she had Jay but then Lola came I along know. I mean look at how that's turned out that's shocking that Lola, Lola took Jay from her and I then know. this has all happened. But I think you're right about Martin as well. Martin is wanting, like, you know, to live this dream. But at the same time, deep down, he doesn't. Like, these people, Ruby and Martin, as much as they want to be different people, they're never going to be... The, who they are is inside. They're at war with who they are. So Martin is a family man. Martin is working class and, you know hands on the ground selling fruit like that is who he is like ruby is you know living the flash lifestyle gallivanting around the world carefree empowered woman like that's her her persona you can't change those aspects of yourself they're gonna come to knock it eventually and you're gonna be like oh actually yeah, i didn't really want this kid <laughs> they're just you know palm it off like that's the reality they're very um, impulsive, I feel like. These mm. decisions are very impulsive. Yeah. Very, like, quick to, I just want better things. So I'll just, I'll just have this. Like, it's very much like that. Oh, and it's all going to end up in tears, isn't it, Emma? Not for us. <laughs> no, for us, we'll be getting the fireworks out. Um, because, well, it's a bit awkward, isn't it, Emma? Because Martin's skedaddled and it turns out Ruby... Well, she's been planning a feast, hasn't she? For two. You see how much food was on that table? When too it... much food. I was thinking that too. Too much food for two and people. The caterers. It's Christmas. I love that. Yeah, it's Christmas. I got the caterers in. I thought she was like, well, my favourite bit is, oh, you know me, Martin. I'm not a princess. Yet you hired a bunch of caterers. And I'm not being funny. They had that whole community event and not once did Ruby go, I know some caterers I can help. <laughs> You're so right. We all look out for each other except at Christmas. Ruby can't stand the holiday. <laughs> She'll keep that food for herself. There goes Mr. Humbug. There goes Mrs. Scrooge. <laughs> it was lovely, though, wasn't it, to see Martin back where he belongs? It was so nice to see him with the slaters again. I was getting the Martin that. I've always enjoyed watching. The Martin we know and loved. And you got to see them all hand out their gifts and they're all celebrating. I did love when <laughs> did love when Martin hands Stacey that box and just like, Martin, you shouldn't have. <laughs> and he was saying, Oh, it's nothing really. Brings out a diamond studded Rolex. <laughs> <laughs> I wish my presents that were nothing were like that. Flipping heck. <laughs> 
I was like, what is it, a selection box? Unwrap it, it's actually a diamond studded collection of Rolexes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's meant to give you the selection box. I mean, I do love it. And I love when Mo was like, "Uh, one for Jean. From (laughs) Jean. (laughs) I adore that. Kat's like, are you on your meds? (laughs) And she's like, I'm worth it. (laughs) She is. She is. I I was hoping that it was from my best friend, the Queen. (laughs) Do you remember? Her and the Queen go way back. Way, way back. Way, way back. I was hoping it was from her. You know, like, (laughs) she was like, just before the speech, you might want to put this on. I just love her. And I, it was really nice to just see them all so happy and, like, cheerful. I know, and like, the Christmas. Terrible, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and many terrible Christmases. Yes. They never really seemed to escape a bad Christmas, but this year broke that trend, didn't it? How good were they all? You know when they all sat around the, the table? How good was that, considering we know they'll have all been socially distanced? That but is some good camera work. That's some good work. We see it every week. Me and Emma are in a state of shock. At the brilliance of their social distancing. So, uh, yes, Stacey's absolutely loving her watch. She shows it to Jean. Jean says, you still love him. She does, Jean. She does. And, like, she needs to fight for him. We're with you, Jean. We're with you. We're with you. And then Ruby arrives. They're all having a lovely game. Like, where they have to guess who they are. They've all got the post-it notes. Yeah, yeah, Having a great laugh. Then Ruby walks in and spoils the entire mood. I mean, it is a bit like a scene from Scrooge. You know, like everyone's reactions when like Scrooge comes through the door, they're all like, because <gasps> they all expect it to be horrible. And like literally I had that same feeling. I was like, what's she going to do? She's going to tear up this table and like be like, yes, I'm getting out of this house. I've bought it from Suki. Like, because <laughs> she's so desperate to get, rid- get Martin back home. But she's like, no, Martin, let's go back. Let's go back. She can't obviously tell him that the caterers are here because that would ruin the surprise. <laughs> so she's like, let's go back. I've, I've got dinner in. Come on. And he's like, it's just pizza. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Ruby, that's backfired, hasn't it? <laughs> Jean quite politely asks Ruby to stay. And I think that's very big of, of Stacey and everyone to be like, yeah, come, come stay, have dinner. Because, I mean, let's be real. Ruby has basically been so antagonistic towards them. She fired them. She, you know, helped sabotage Kush's, like, gambling addiction so they lost loads of money and almost lost them the house. Then, obviously, got Stacey attacked, stole yeah. Stacey's husband, tried to turn her kids against her. And there's Stacey, like, yeah, you can come search for Christmas dinner. That's quite big. It shows, yeah, it shows who's the bigger person, doesn't it? Yeah. It is. And I love when she was like, Please, for me. I was like, Jean, this point is trying to get to Ruby's uh, heart because there is none. <laughs> there is none. <laughs> heart of ice, that woman. <laughs> She's as cold as ice. <laughs> She's like, um, you know, the white witch from Narnia where she's like just frozen over. <laughs> I love the next bit where Kat says, well, it'll be nice if you could stay, Martin, because, you know, Kush might be banged up next Christmas. <laughs> it's the way they kept calling it Kush's last Christmas and like we must do this because it might be Kush's last one as if he was dying I know it was like he was never coming back so it's time for Ruby to open her present 
and St- Stacy sees that it's a key ring and just rolls her sleeves up so you can see that watch she's wearing. <laughs> loved it. Stacey, it was a smile. <laughs> Stacy for like half a year has been impersonating Ruby and stealing all that money and now she's even stolen her Christmas present. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> In fact, she's stolen her Christmas because she also took Martin. <laughs> <laughs> Don't mess with the Slaters. I mean, Martin loves a family Christmas, so what the heck was she thinking? Oh, well, she did say that. Last time she checked, well, wife was family. Well, yes, but Martin also has many children. After the awkward, yeah, I love it, <laughs> reaction by Ruby when clearly she didn't love it. Things get a little bit tense, don't they? <laughs> Things get a little bit tense, and... Martin kind of pushes his luck a bit with her because he's deciding he wants to go for a drink with everyone. Wants to go for some Christmas drink. Wasn't it lovely to see him cushion Stacey all going, pub? Pub? Yeah, pub. it was and nice. It, Let's go to the pub. It reminded me back in like 2015 or whatever when they were all like a little group and they used to do yeah, everything like together. Yeah, I was like, oh, flashbacks. Oh, it was so good. And then, and then Ruby obviously is like, but Martin, the food. And he's like, it's just pizza, Ruby, man. Don't worry about it. We're just sticking in the, banging in the oven. Also, you've just ate. I know. But like doing of dipping. Of dipping. Why going around eating all the, the dinners? <laughs> in that last sprout, where she's like... She's like, trying to shove it in. <laughs> I love that. I love that. <laughs> That'll never get old. Hey, that's one of the best Christmas specials in the history oh, of television. absolutely. And um, and so Ruby's like very eager. She's like, "Come on, Martin! I've got a whole blooming catered meal waiting for, you, but I can't tell you, so it's flipping time. We'll leave." And he's like, "Nah, I'm gonna have maybe one drink, just one, Ruby." And she's like, "You can stay for locking if you like." And then storms off. See, this is a bit for me where I think she realised she loved the idea of Martin. She didn't actually realise because when when she got with him, he was dark Martin anyway. This is the Martin that Stacey loved. This is real Martin. This is real Martin. This is the Martin 24 hours of a day, save for the times that he's out deck collecting because of some weird, weird storyline. <laughs> this isn't the picture of Martin you were creating. Exactly. That's the difference. Which was, what did you fantasy. think? When she met him, she got him away from his job, made him into a security guard, dressed him differently. She just changed him to someone he wasn't. Yeah, a bit like Ben did not... when he went Dark Martin. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Ben also changed Martin. <laughs> Martin was in love with Ben. <laughs> it, was, it was him all along. It was always Ben. <laughs> hashtag man. Or hashtag men. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, yeah, so now she's seeing that this is actually Martin. This guy who just is like, yeah, I just want to go to the pub. I want to have a laugh. Drunk Martin. It's also yeah. hilarious. Love him. <laughs> <laughs> it is like what you're saying. It's funny, isn't it, that she she did kind of mould him into what she wanted. And I feel like with Stacey coming back and those connections, like his kids and stuff coming back, those connections to who he really is have started to erode mm-hmm. the work that Ruby's done to him. So, like, ultimately, the person she loves isn't real. Like, the person she, she loves is a fantasy version of Martin. So why does she um, not just go out and find a man who's right for her rather than just take one and mould him? 
because it had the stink of <laughs> Stacy. Stink of Stacy. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like Roy. He just loves the it's stink like, of Frank. Love the stink of Frank. Yeah. <laughs> really, Ruby just wants to get with Stacy, doesn't she? Let's just save us all time and just have a lesbian relationship with them. <laughs> What would they be called? Racy. Racy. I like that. That's quite like sensual, isn't it? Racy. <laughs> oh, oh, oh now, very modern. now I'm at there could be a thruple. We could there be. could even be a thruple now. <laughs> Do you remember that with Karen Mitch and Biddy? Yes, remember? That was odd. That was odd. That's Ruby done. She's stormed off. Over it. Walking the streets alone. Someone's watching, aren't they, Emma? Yes, Lucas is watching. It's a bit weird, wasn't it? I was like, what the heck's happening? Why is he obsessed with Ruby? Yeah, that, that scene's there for a reason. Yeah, I'm wondering. But what reason? We have a few theories, don't we? That a We few. always have a few. But to be fair, Emma, one of our theories has come true. It, it has? has come to pass. But you'll have to wait until next week's podcast to hear which one it was. <laughs> and, uh, well, while all that's happening... With Ruby, while Lucas is following her, whether he's going to kill her, we don't know. Whether there's going to be some sort of way to get a baby, we don't know. It's because to me, I think we said it, didn't we, off air, where we were discussing this. And I was like, to me, the only way she's going to be able to get a baby is if she sleeps with someone else. Because Martin's going to be wearing protection. He may even go one step further and get a vasectomy. Because um, that's a very modern thing to do, isn't it? Like, if he, if he's that dead set on not having a kid, like, he might do that. Um, and so there, there's not a great deal of options for Ruby in terms of who she could then sleep with to have a child. And if Lucas does come back on the square, even for a brief moment of time, it could be him. Oh, there's the classic fake pregnancy. Oh, I love a fake pregnancy. <laughs> love a fake pregnancy. Nothing says Christmas like a fake pregnancy reveal. <laughs> so Stacy and Martin have share a kiss. It's like a jingle, isn't it? It's like a jingle. And it was it wasn't even under the flipping mistletoe either, am I? I was flipping shocked. So there's rules to Christmas, you know. She says that but she loves them. Very emotional when he announced that the watch wasn't for her. I mean, that doesn't kind of defeat the purpose, though. Does it ever? She says she loves him, and his his reply isn't, "I don't love you, I love True. Ruby." Instead, he goes, "That watch wasn't for you." <laughs> <laughs> true, 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 true. I think it's because he does love her, and he just knows he does. But I feel like he's weirdly annoyed with her because he somehow blames her for all of the stuff that went on with him and debt collecting, which is insane. Um, <laughs> And also blames her for the fact that he's with Ruby. Again, insane. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't know why he's trying to avoid the fact that he actually does just love Stacey. I think it's probably because, like you say, he has a fantasy of what he wants from life. And he thinks through Ruby he'll achieve that fantasy. But he won't. No. And they will get back together. I can feel it in my bones. Well, the better. I can feel it in my waters. <laughs> I can feel it in my fingers. <laughs> I can feel it in my toes. And then Ruby comes along and announces that she wants a baby. 
do you think that maybe she's only saying that because she knows that the reason Martin spent time with Stacey is because the link was the kids and she thinks if that happens then he's going to love her more he's going to stay he's not going to go back to Stacey's they've got a connection then which is really weird because that's like using a child yeah, that is that shows that she doesn't actually have maternal instincts because no one with real maternal instincts who really does desperately want a child would think, I know, to fix my marriage, I'm going to have a child. That's not going to fix your marriage. Your marriage is deficient not of a child. It's deficient of a fact that you and Martin aren't like alike. You, you have nothing in common. You have nothing in it, uh, common in interest. You are living on a fantasy and eventually dreams, you know, you have to wake up from this like little fantasy world you've made will eventually end. Denise is planning Christmas Day and she tells Kim that means no talking about murder. And I thought, <laughs> you've been chatting with Tina, you. That's what I said. I wrote down, right? I went, it's Christmas Day, so no talking about murder. Don't go around to Grace then. <laughs> Because Tina talks about death all the time, apparently. I reckon, right, Denise is going to have such a hard time stopping people from going. Every time that song, Fairy Tale of New York, plays, <laughs> someone's gonna, someone in that room is going to turn around to her and go, you know, that woman died, got hit by a propeller. Someone's going to say it. There's someone, because there's always one. Jack, I reckon it's Jack is going to say it. I, it Jack. I feel like Jack would say it. Yeah. You know oh. that or Ricky. <laughs> oh, speaking of Ricky... Can we all just take a minute? Not only did we see Bernie this week, but we briefly, very briefly, as he ran in. I mean, some might say it wasn't even him because we don't. It was that <laughs> brief. It was a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> it could have been, but we saw Ricky. I was in a state of shock. I was like, he thought he was boarding. I thought he was at boarding school. You know that little nursery down the road that has the drugs and stuff. Who was boarding? Because right? whenever I see him. Honestly, him and Amy, to be fair, because she's also a bit drifty. She's not always in, is she? No, she's she's always they're always out. Yes, they're always out somewhere. I'm like, it's COVID. It's the weird Max is like, I've got the house to myself, Linda. Do you want to come round? And you're like, where the hell are Jack and the kids? And I just say, no, when a Jack wants about the house, how disrespectful is Max? And also, Jack's also always at work. So where are the kids? <laughs> oh yeah, who's looking after them? That's confusing. And yeah, Max doesn't even, that's not his house and he's just always inviting people around. Yeah, always inviting Linda around. Uh, like, he's like a teenage boy. He's like, well, my parents are out. Do you fancy coming around for a quick snog? It's like, Max, it's your brother's house. His family home with his children. Could you show a tiny modicum of respect? Dad, I. You'll eat all the cereal and sleep with Linda. Anyone does why Jack wants him out. He didn't chuck him out on Christmas like, you know, he said he would. We said, I wish he had, because it, it would have been the right thing to do. Because then Max could have played his ultimate joke, because he was planning it, wasn't he, Emma? He was planning that ultimate joke. He was going to go to Mix and put on a DVD, and it was going to be Linda and him. He was going to be unzipping Linda. I mean, we, we missed that joke. It's been successful before, and he thought you'd try it, it again? It has. Well, I was more thinking if Jack kicks him out, then we'll get to see Lauren again, because he might go and visit her. Well, you know, but... apparently he is going, but we'll discuss that later because that later. that's an interesting turn of events. <laughs> <laughs> so back to Denise's Christmas. Yes, uh, it's a family, very traditional, tra- 
traditional Christmas. Which was saying that, were you like, how traditional are we talking? Are we going all the way back to Yule time? Are we going to have like, you know, human sacrifices? How traditional are we going? I didn't <laughs> understand because I was like, everyone has their own version of a traditional yes. Christmas. So what you choosing? I don't understand. <laughs> I got to do it like the Druids did. <laughs> I was like, okay, where are we going? <laughs> Hang your presents on the tree to ward off the horned one. <laughs> <laughs> And then they're just like, if you don't know what the horned one is, she goes by another name. <laughs> I'll bring her in somehow. Do you think Sanders is actually an Irish man who comes round and says he's seen the videos? <laughs> <laughs> well, the way that he was sat with a bat, I think probably. <laughs> And do you know what I always look forward to on Christmas, Emma? It's something that really resonated with me when I saw that Denise was doing it. Denise um, got a phone call, and it was from Chelsea, her daughter. And, I, you know, every Christmas, that's what I like to do. I like to phone my relatives, tell them how I'm having, you know, Christmas Day with my roommate. Happens to have done a bit of a stretch for murder. A couple of murders, really. <laughs> it's supposed to be the man who... Held you captive. <laughs> yeah, I do that every year. So, not suspecting anything, Denise decides, let's go to church. Take me to church. So she takes Raymond to church, and I adored Raymond. He looked so cute in his little suit, didn't he? His little suit jacket, and he was in his arms he was throwing some shapes I mean he didn't know any of the words bless him <laughs> he had didn't a couple know. he got a couple well a couple of noises <laughs> he made a couple of noises he went da no stop <laughs> it's like when you go to a concert and like you accompany someone because they've got a ticket and you think alright yeah I'll go along and you're like I don't know the words yeah just pretend you knew them yeah. <laughs> I'm hip with the kids <laughs> <laughs> That reminds me of Peter Beale again. <laughs> so as Raymond's getting his jig on, we get to see someone else. Someone who I have missed, Emma. <laughs> I wonder who to it me, could be. I wonder. To me, Santa, he heard my prayers. He, he delivered this Christmas. All I wanted for Christmas was me two front teeth and... A mouthful of teeth, smiling, <laughs> smiling scarily towards me. Yes, it's the smiling preacher. He sits at the front of that church just going, so everyone, <laughs> grinning, I want to introduce you to someone really special on Christmas Day. It's a new start for all of us, but none more so than this man. And you think, he is going to come out? Is it going to be like a reformed alcoholic? Oh, no, it's a murderer. <laughs> Serial killer. He's the guest speaker for Christmas Day. <laughs> Nothing says Merry Christmas more than Merry Christmas more like the bin. You know that horror film was it Silent Night with this like murderous Santa. I love it because like the other week Denise went to see the priest. And yeah. she was telling him the story and he was smiling along to that, to be fair. Yeah, he loved that as and well, And you know why? Like... Because it turns out Lucas is his friend. 
how if he's your friend and also like quite a high profile murderer like i'm not being funny if someone in our local area had killed like four people or something and also held his wife captive that would be in the newspapers for quite some time oh yeah so how is it that he's unaware of who denise fox is <laughs> he's so, maybe it's just two different denise foxes couldn't be the same person surely surely lives down the road <laughs> he honestly when he, you're right though he did smile at all the Lucas story as well which is good uh, my husband was a bad man <laughs> <laughs> what what Raymond needs is stability <laughs> smiles he invited her as well he said to bring him to church on Christmas day yeah see <gasps> it's all a plan by him he's evil I'm telling you that smile hides evil intentions <laughs> I mean, also, if you knew, like, come on, I know that priest I'm going to be quite forgiven, but like, come on, the man's a serial killer. Like, <laughs> it's it. not like he can reform. <laughs> He's like, I'm on a rehabilitation program. You're a serial killer. How are you out? <laughs> that's right. That's my stance. How did they get him out of prison? Honest to God, Lucas is the, the first person I think has gotten out of jail for like serial murder. Like, that is insane. It's the way he was walking around Albert Square and, like, just chatting to Ruby. And I'm like... As if nothing's happened. No one go, he's familiar. Hang on. Is he the guy who murdered all those people? Like, <laughs> do you know what I was hoping for? Do you remember when the Taylors first moved in? And um, Ted and his wife were looking out the window and they're like, Oh, my God. It's the hemlock from, from such and such. You know, like, they knew all about them before they got there made her life a, she had a nervous breakdown I, I was hoping that we were going to get like a moment like that where like someone like Sharon looks out the window and goes oh closes the curtains yeah. again <laughs> I just remember Matt with the tail as it was like there was this big rivalry between between Dad, these two old, this little lady and them yeah Dad and Joyce and the <laughs> and it, it was all because their building was going to be knocked down, wasn't it? Yeah, their building, their building's still there to this day. <laughs> it's still in the background. What I loved, right, what I honestly loved is like that statement by Lucas Thor, because like straight on back on track to, to when he was on about rehabilitation. Like, I can understand it when it's like someone like Bobby or Ben, where... Bobby was very young mm. and committed murder by accident. It was manslaughter. He didn't intend to kill Lucy. Lucas willfully murdered four or five people. And, and a dog. Had... And a dog. And a dog. And I'll never forgive him for killing the dog. No. Denise does a runner out the church. Gets I mean, Raymond. Rightfully. Yeah. <laughs> Gets Raymond and off the go. It's the way she's trying to whisper, Raymond, Raymond. But she's right in the front like, Raymond. Come on! I, I love it. It's like, you know, when you're in the cinema, you desperately want to say something, you be like, Emma. Emma. For God's sake, Emma. Emma! <laughs> like, it's like, that is this. You're like, try not to disturb everyone else. So British, isn't it? Being so polite. Really, what she does is just got up and took him by the hand. Um, she does it the classic British way. Yeah. Yeah, worries about everyone else's opinions. <laughs> Might be absolutely terrified of Lucas, but you've got to just be quiet because everyone's listening. Yeah, the status quo matters more. <laughs> Don't want to ruin their day. 
But as she's playing Emma, who randomly turns up? Chelsea Fox. Looking a bit different. Yeah, I was going to say Michaela White from (laughs) Waterloo Road. Which, by the way, she played a fantastic part in that as well. Loved her character. Yeah, I've liked Uh, everything that I've saw her in. Yeah. And to be fair, she played Chelsea quite good. Yeah. To me, I really enjoyed her character and her version of her. Um, I'm not sure I'm enjoying Chelsea's current mindset, mind, where (laughs) she's like, just come inside with us. With you and the murderer. It's the way she's been in contact for months and that, you know, he's given her a She's going to give him a chance. He's changed. But didn't Chelsea leave because she didn't want to be associated with Lucas? Yes. <laughs> Interesting. Yes. I mean, clearly his son is the rational one out of the, is the two siblings, isn't he? Because he's not had anything to do with Lucas. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, Chelsea, are you forgetting? He held your mother hostage. He then held the entire family hostage when they found out. <laughs> do you know what I mean? They was threatening to kill them all. Oh, but she's going to give him a chance. Chance to do what? Murder someone else. And Denise, quite rightly so, is not happy. Tells Chelsea to, to get in that car now. And she's like, no, I'm 34. I mean, you're not 57 though, are you, Chelsea? So don't be using ages. <laughs> don't be using ages as any excuses. Don't you work yeah. on that age. <laughs> 57. If you were 16, maybe. Maybe we'd let you get away with that. <laughs> so later on, she does arrive back at the house because she's promised she's going to explain everything. And also she needs to find out who on earth is calling her mum mummy in the back of the car. Yeah, I mean, I would have the same like reaction if <laughs> I hadn't seen my mum for quite some time, then turned up at her house and she's got another child. Like, but who's he? <laughs> I do love it the way Denise is like, we speak every Sunday and you've never told me that you've been seeing Lucas. And it's like, well, Chelsea's quite right when she says, well, you've never told me about Raymond. True. And then Denise goes that one step further. And yeah, again, even more right. Raymond's not a murderer, though. <laughs> yeah, I love it. How dare you compare me not telling you about your innocent child, my innocent, your innocent brother, when you have not been telling me about your murderous psychopathic father, my <laughs> psychopathic ex. And it is so true, isn't it? Like, Chelsea's crazy for inflating the two together. One's for the protection of a child who doesn't understand what's happening, who's just lost his, its other parents. Like, Lucas is a grown man and a scary individual who threatened Denise's life. Yeah. And I also love the fact that, like, so, like, Denise says, she calls Chelsea every every Sunday. And Chelsea goes, well, you know, at least he's interested in my life. Like, he's been in jail for most of his life. <laughs> Patrick overhears everything and he, he storms off. He goes to find Lucas, who, after he confronts him, just disappears, doesn't he? Thin air, well, gone. Chelsea, Chelsea did say he has an invisibility cloak, doesn't he? He was using it right there. There you go, see, see. One minute he was there, next he was gone. He was, was he was a ghost? I was like, is he really here? Maybe we're is all he, just imagining. Really yeah, we're all just imagining him. Linda is 
having what we all have after a, a bad night. Just having the morning after regrets, isn't Shema? Oh, she You is. know, it's that time when you've either said something you shouldn't when you were drunk, or you've went to a place you probably shouldn't and got the stamp still on your hand. I mean, Linda had an affair, so it's a little bit different, <laughs> but we can all relate. We can all relate to to doing something that we regret the night before and waking up going, I shouldn't have done that. She sees Mick out the window. And that's when the regret really sets in even deeper. Yeah. I mean, I can't understand why this has actually happened. Like, I get it. Like, I get that. I mean, we do ship lacks. I can't deny that. But, like, at the same time, I can't understand the rational thought behind it. Like, <laughs> Lynn has left the man who, like, helped us through to her sobriety. <laughs> <laughs> like, the father of all her children. For, for Max who isn't like oh okay so he's like given us some praise and showed us some affection but like she's thrown away an entire marriage for that like <laughs> yes yes and yes of a relationship a childhood relationship she threw away for a couple of you know one liners and some <laughs> you know sweet nothings and I mean we all know what Max gets up to and he does this a lot like come on you're going to throw away a solid relationship with Mick for Max, who's got a string of broken relationships and shattered homes. <laughs> I mean, God. <laughs> he must be dynamite in bed. He must be dynamite in bed. Because why else would you sacrifice so much? <laughs> Maybe now she... all she's got is her soiled goods and her <laughs> shattered dignity and... Those morning after regrets, that's all she's got. <laughs> he maybe she spoke to all the other women he's been with. Maybe, maybe. they gave him some reviews. Maybe it's like TripAdvisor, but for Max. <laughs> she's like on the, the on Max Tinder, Advisor. Like, Tanya says, cheating scumbag. Oh, God, that's a bit harsh, isn't it? Can't be true. <laughs> Stacey, lying, cheating scumbag who ruined my marriage. Okay, maybe that's not back off. That's that's not true. <laughs> oh, <laughs> another one. <laughs> the bubbly was in the fridge, and he cheated on us oh. with his ex-wife. Oh, maybe, maybe I shouldn't go down this road. And then he just comes in. And she's like, actually, on second thought, <laughs> pop open that bubbly. Let's have a night of it. <laughs> Apparently, bubbly's in the fridge. Well, <laughs> <laughs> and so she returns home, doesn't she? Returns home to Mick, and while she's away, Max is off burying the Lucy's Foundation Award. Yeah, because he mm. finds out from Jack that uh, that that's what was used to hit Ian. So Max... why wouldn't he just smash it up? He like puts the full thing, the actual full award, into the ground and buries it. If he thinks, because we obviously find out that he did this because he thinks Linda. Yeah. is the one who's murdered Ian. But if he honestly thinks that, wouldn't a normal, rational person smash that up and melt down the glass? Also, why would you put it where he put it, where everyone goes and buries things? Like, I think in years to come, if they ever dug that place up, you'd find loads of stuff in there. Yeah, say the pet cemetery. Yeah, you'll find a load <laughs> of crimes under there. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Uh, yeah, it's not like eight murders are down there. And also, did you see? Because it was smashed, but it wasn't smashed into pieces. It was just like yeah, that's what shattered. I mean, like it was weird. 
Yeah. You would smash up anywhere that could have any fingerprints on, wouldn't you? Like grind it up to a dust. So Max thinks Linda's done it. And that's why he went and done that because Jack had I mean, said I all did a stuff. little as well. You did, you did. Don't blame him. She was one of my suspects. So rather, so rather than ask, he just goes and buries the award. And then he goes and confronts her about it. And she's like, no. And there's a few flashbacks and you see her doing a rainy, looking suspiciously. We never find out why. Oh, it's like the Billy and the flipping pictures, isn't it? It's like the oh, Billy and, uh, and the post. Lucy pictures. And the post. Yeah. We'll never know. Never know. It's an unsolved we'll mystery ne- of Walford. Do you mean an unsolved mystery of Walford? <laughs> and uh, we see Max find the award under some bin bags. <laughs> I love how whoever did it, like, took the, the time to pick up that award and use it to punish Ian, but then also just was like, I'll just drop it down there. No one will look for it. <laughs> and when we find out who actually done that, why that does not scream something this person would do. Not at all. Because this person has done a lot of crime. (laughs) Yeah. And obviously, naturally, with him thinking Linda's a criminal, he suggests they go to New Zealand. Lauren is totally okay with it. She knows the whole score. And also, apparently, her house clearly hasn't burned down because she can house them. I told you, man, it wasn't at the... Hit the house. It was at the disco. Fire in the disco. Fire, Fire in the, the gates of hell. <laughs> Don't you want to know why she keeps starting fires? It's Laura's desire. It's her desire. She just wants her dad back. That's all. She's burnt down places. She's actually an arsonist, a serial arsonist. <laughs> I love it because he's like, yeah, let's go back. Let's go to New Zealand and say, Lauren, you mean homeless Lauren? Homeless Lauren, who you've just left, left to fend for herself. Also, yeah. so quickly, like, you know, we'll just jump on a plane tomorrow and we'll go to New Zealand and that'll be our new life. You can leave Ollie or you can take Ollie, whatever you decide, you know. Mick will never get to see him again or you will never get to see him again. This all just shows how impulsive Max's decisions are. He doesn't think about the ramifications. Does he honestly think him and Linda can just run away with, with Ollie? Does he not think that, like, there is such a thing as a judiciary system over here. Like, does he not think that, like, Mick's going to go through court and be like, excuse me, my wife had an affair. She is entitled to no child uh, being taken with her. I think they'd be in a wee bit of trouble, especially considering that all that charity fund is still in Max's account. And if he's (laughs) using any of his account's money, it's going to look like he's getting away with fraud. So I don't think he will be leaving the country, Max. I think he'll be going to jail. So Linda pops into the back. We'll get Max stealing her keys. And he goes and lets himself in and waits for Mick to tell him that him and Linda are seeing each other. I loved it. That was such a, a young term. We're seeing each other. No. It just shows how where Max's <laughs> head's at. He's like a teenage boy. He's like I said. It's like, we're going steady. It's like, <laughs> stop it. I gave her a promise ring. <laughs> And Mick's like, yeah, I know. Linda then starts shouting about it, chucks Max out because she's not happy that Mick now knows. And Well, I love it because Linda somehow blames Mick for all of this. And, like, to be fair, I do understand that she's feeling neglected, but that doesn't give you the right to then say, oh, well, because I was feeling a little bit neglected, you 
I then get to blame you for me having an affair. Sorry, Linda, love. Love you. But that's not how the world works. The world does not work in that way. You can't slap Mick and say, it's your fault I'm sleeping with a man. Fight for me, Mick. <laughs> Sorry, you've just confessed to your husband that you slept with someone else. Maybe he doesn't want to fight for you now. It reminded me of like when teenagers rebel to get it is like, like where that. they want to get and get the attention. And that's, it was a bit like what that. What do you mean? It doesn't make sense for Linda. No. This like kind of attitude doesn't make sense for Linda. Linda herself has been through enough grief and stuff to, to have matured. So like this idea that she's like throwing a strop as well. Because you're right. It is like that. It's like, why won't you fight for me, Mick? I've only slept with another man. <laughs> well, maybe that's why he's not fighting for you now. I mean, if he wasn't fighting for you before, he's certainly not going to now, is he? He thinks it's completely over. I mean, it did make us really sad because she says something that was like really poignant. She just goes, what happened to us? And I can't, like, I feel like that's what's happened. Like, the, she's gotten lost and so has Mick. Mick's lost in his, like, grief and trauma. Linda is lost in feeling like she doesn't understand where she fits in anymore in Mick's life. Like, she... She feels like he's in a different place to her. And so it was just so sad when she said that. And I was a bit like, Linda, just stop this with Max. Just stop it. Go on. Go back home. That's what I wanted to say to her. I love, I do love Max and Linda, but like, it's also heartbreaking to watch like a, their, their little family get like wrecked. Yeah, because we've always known Mick and Linda, haven't we? It's always been, yeah. it's always been them too. But she leaves and she goes to max's and he uses the excuse of a pandemic to get his leg over where he's like if any years taught us anything it's this one and that you've you've got to move fast and go take opportunities and he drops the l bomb i know i was like come on max bit too soon love <laughs> so quick apparently she's the best thing that's happened to him in a long time and of course she questions it because as we've been saying, Max has had a lot of affairs. And he goes through them all and he's like, you need to know all about these. And she's just like, I love Mick. <laughs> yeah, she's like, I don't care about you. But do you know what I did appreciate, Emma? What did I request? What did I request last time we did this and we talked about them sleeping together? What did I make a request for? You wanted the power of love to be played. Over the Max and Linda scenes. And do you know what was delivered this this week? Exactly that. <laughs> exactly that. Exactly that. The Frankie Goes Hollywood version. And then later on, in another scene with Mick and someone else um, in the Vic, what was playing in there? Power of Love by Gabrielle, the person I suggested as well. Amazing. I mean, it's... I mean, I feel like they do listen to us. And if you do listen to us, EastEnders, or anyone who works in EastEnders, we greatly appreciate it. Thank you. Tina Carter! <laughs> she might be off the hook. Grey has found the delivery man. No way! The guy with the friendly face and the beard? Yes! He is. I mean, he looked nothing like that, <laughs> but yes! <laughs> I mean, I couldn't think of anyone else I could have found that guy now i think he should take over jack's gig as well he should just be the only corrupt pillar of the community i mean that is amazing work do you see how pleased he was to tell his adopted mom shirley as well he ran <laughs> over i was like shirley, shirley. 
Pounder to every guy. Never guess who he reminds us of. Who is the only other person who could solve a mystery with absolutely no evidence? Are we talking in square or are we talking somewhere over the Irish Sea? Could it be somewhere over the Irish Sea? Could it be Bernie? <gasps> Not yes. chess playing Bernie, police Bernie of Redwater. <laughs> <laughs> Different Bernie. Oh, that Bernie. <laughs> Dina's just doing what she usually does, chilling around the cafe, whinging about Grey, saying how he's bullying her. I did think it was very rude of Whitney to just take all the information she has from Tina and bearing in mind she has saw Grey for what he is in a couple of times she's seen him crack and what Tina said was it wasn't like full on she gave little bits of information Whitney ran with it and went and told Grey and I was like that's really sneaky considering that family let you be a part of their family I should best say when you left their son they still let you have a home exactly that's the thing and I love Whitney but that was annoying Tina has been close to Wit in the past. Yeah. Like, or at least friendly. Like, Grey, yes, I understand. Whitney fancies him. Another disastrous relationship waiting to happen, but Whitney fancies him. And if, like, someone, as a woman who's went through things like abuse, stalking, you know, almost being murdered by a man, if you were told something by another woman that she felt she was being bullied and that she felt that Chantel was being bullied, do you really think, like, would you go and then tell the man who she's accusing? That seems so off for it's, me. For yeah, it, sound, it was a bit out of character in the sense that, yeah, when you think of what Whitney's been through, you would take on, you would just take on what Tina said. Let her, let like, her vent. Just let her vent. Yeah. She's not the kind of person who, like, goes around telling people's this, no. like, telling people's secrets. Because look at when Callum, like, broke Whitney's heart and went with Ben. She didn't go around telling everyone that he, like, you know, had ruined our marriage and she, for a long time, she actually held her tongue. Yeah. And she could have went at the front of that um, church and said, he cheated on me with Ben. But she's not that kind of person, so it was just odd. So now Grey has got the pizza guy instead of doing what he was going to do and he was well happy with himself, he decides he's going to pay the pizza guy off to say that he saw Tina leaving the Vic instead. And the police take Tina in and they tell her that. And she's like, no, because that's not what happened. <laughs> even Ian's, She's like, that didn't happen. That's not real. Even Ian's confused when he finds out within the say, oh, we've charged Tina. He's like, I doubt it's Tina. It wouldn't be yeah, Tina. She's, she's thick. That's basically what he says. She's thick. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I loved? You know when that delivery kid, like that young man, like, who looked nothing like what Tina described him, by the way. Um, I mean, <laughs> I can't say about the friendly face. That's completely subjective. But, like, he didn't have a beard or anything. When, no, he like, didn't have a when beard. When he turned up. Um, but uh, when he turns up, it grays like, how much do you get paid? Is it this much? <laughs> how about this? I was like, a businessman in a suit, like a, a very smart-dressed gentleman, offering a young man cash underneath a dark bridge <laughs> it looks a bit suspicious looks a bit suspicious Grey have you and done this before the way he was saying it is this how much you normally get like... would have to be 
wouldn't have to pay me. <laughs> Is it this much? <laughs> I just loved it. I was like, Jesus. <laughs> They're really going there, aren't they? <laughs> it's when the guy nervously said, and what do, what, what do you want me to do for this money? <laughs> so Tina tells Shirley that the Peter guy's lied because she's now out on bail. She's home. And, um, well, Kirat's now not in the frame at all, apparently, according to Grey. So everything links to Tina. Except it doesn't. There is a dodgy delivery driver's sort of confession that he saw her and the circumstantial evidence of Ian having her DNA at his fingernails even though she's already confirmed that they had a fight previous before that which Ian probably himself has confirmed now yeah concrete case well because of all this concrete evidence Shirley passes Tina some money and says go to Spain get out of here I'm worried for you go to Spain does she, want, does she know how extradition works? None does of them do. know that we have, like, extradition laws, yeah? I don't think she would get quite far. She could get a new passport with a new name like everyone else does. True, she could try. I mean, many of those people don't get away by the end. <laughs> they always get stopped somewhere, don't they, at the terminal. <laughs> Chrissy Watts. <laughs> I love when she thought she was going to get away, bless her heart. She almost got away, didn't she? <laughs> if they had just waited until after dinner. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> oh, what? In your miserable, selfish life, couldn't you have just let me get away with murder? <laughs> <laughs> so it's Christmas Day. Tina's literally the night before been told, like, concrete evidence. You're going down. You're going down. Shirley's trying to get up to Spain. Wakes up. It's a lovely day. It's Christmas day. She's got a great present for Shirley. She's not going to get dressed. It's Christmas. She's going to go out and get waffles. What a great day. Huh? <laughs> I love when she was like, oh, parsnips, almost as bad as Brussels sprouts. I mean, yeah, but that's traditional dinner. <laughs> like, that's traditional dinner veg. You want potato waffles <laughs> by bird's eye. <laughs> I'm sorry, Tina, you've lost me here. Other potato waffles are available. So she gets her waffles. The whole thing with Shirley and Linda kicks off. So mm-hmm. Tina's just going to sit there and enjoy her waffles. And Grey's not happy because she's not pulled her weight. She's not even cleaning up. She's a little bit disrespectful. I love Tina, but she, like this is a bit of a joke now. This is like the third or fourth house that she's uh-huh. lived in and just treated like a doss hype. So then they end up having a bit of an argument and... Tina mentions Chantel, but that's just as Grey's son walks in. So Grey has a go at Tina and now his kids don't want to see him. Mitch has told him that. And, well, Grey finds out they're dropping the charges. He bumps into one of the DIs. The pizza guy was incredible. It's not going to court. Go and tell go and tell Tina if you can. Except he goes and tells her the complete opposite. Oh, it's Christmas time, isn't it? It's Christmas time on the square. Nothing like a little bit of evil, evil shenanigans, bit of mischief. I love it. He goes around, he's like, Tina, you're going to have to go now. You're going to have to go now because they're going to press charges. 
And it's like, oh my God. Tina's literally terrified. She's really upset. He's like, don't worry though. I'll pay for your tickets to get you away. I love it because he's like, don't worry. I'll help you out. She's like, thank you so much, Grey. And it's like, Tina, love, he's trying to get rid of you because you're an annoying uh, housemate. Tina isn't going to be leaving alone. Mick said he's going to go with her and they're both going to move away to, oh, assume in Spain because that's where Shirley wants her to go. And, well, when they're getting all their supplies ready, well, Tina bumps into the same guy. Is he just chilling around that shop? (laughs) I think so. (laughs) I love it. He doesn't live on the square, but he's, he's suddenly always in the area. Just lingers, just lingers just round. Lingers just lingers, waiting, to... waiting to tell news. <laughs> <laughs> and, well, he asks Tina, has Grey told you the news? And that they've dropped all the charges. And she's like, what? So she goes back and confronts him. And she says she knows that he killed Chantel. I mean, Detective Tina... She was on top form once this night. She was like, she sees him. She sees you, Grey. And she does, to be fair. It's quite interesting that because of her experiences with Tosh, mm-hmm. she she can see all the telltale signs. She knows a, a vindictive bully and a domestic abuser when she sees one. And that's why they've clashed so much because she can sense that about him. She knows she knows the signs and she wants him to know. She sees him. She knows he killed Chantel. Ian's looking at the bullet that he found outside. That we still don't know how no one went. Ian, there's, a, there's an envelope on the <laughs> on the flowers for you. Yeah, uh, no one pointed that out. Well, all the suspects are walking round outside. I love that because, again, the fairy tale New York's playing over it as well. I was like, <laughs> I don't get why it's playing here. <laughs> Shouldn't it be so like, bang, bang, you shot me down. Bang, bang. 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 <laughs> you hit the ground. Round, bang, bang. <laughs> so, yes, he's looking out the window. He's like one of those nebby little old ladies, isn't he? Oh, yeah. You know, Mike Brown was one of them where she, they look out the windows, like, <laughs> peering out the windows to have a look what the neighbours are doing. Yeah. Turn those curtains, turn those blinds so that I can just see outside slightly, but don't let the neighbour see it. That's what, that's what Ian needed to do, because then he could just sat down and looked out the window. What I loved, right, you know, is when Ian looks out, he sees, like, obviously Ben, and Ben does, like, the, the gun thing. He's like, pow. But then, like, he looks at Tina, right, and Tina goes, Wah. she's, like, scowling again. It's like, <laughs> and giving money to it. charity at the same time. Yeah. There's a loud bang. Ian's hiding in the corner of the kitchen. Kathy rushes to his aid while Sharon goes and see and sees her now what looks like three-year-old Albie. Can I just say, I love that Ian, right? I know obviously he wasn't in real danger, but like, well, we now know, but we'll get to that in a minute. I love that in his like fantasy, right, that like someone shot a, shot a gun in the vic. His first instinct wasn't to go help the baby. His first instinct was to go cower in a corner in the kitchen and leave the baby to himself. Can we just talk about the fact that Kathy treats Ian like he's a child? Yeah. What next? She's going to put a nappy on him. <laughs> She's like, Ian! Oh no, Ian! I'm like, Kathy, the man is nearly as old as you. I love how she's furious with Sharon as well. Whereas Sharon's furious with Ben, Bobby and Peter. She's like, 
none of them come round. They've all just deserted Ian. Well, maybe it's because he's burnt every bridge he's flipping had with anyone. He flipped a cute bench just the other day. Guess who's on the investigation? Jack. Of course he is. Well, I mean, it's going to be solved then, isn't it, Emma? Absolutely. All the boys are gathered at the Albert with Kathy. She's got everyone there. Ian walks in and Jack has some news. There was no gunshots. Someone let off fireworks. So they all go over at the Vic to go and sit because Kathy wants them all to get back together and, you know, get on. Ian mentions a handful of rockets. That's funny because that's, that's not what Jack said. Ben questions this because... That's interesting. That's not exactly what was said. And Ian's yeah. like, oh, it's just a figure of speech. It's fine. Well, oh, that light there in your pocket, Ian. It's just fell out. <laughs> yeah, I love Ben's reaction. He's like, taking up smoking, Ian. <laughs> <laughs> I love it when um, Sharon asks what's happened and Bobby's like, well, ask Guy Fawkes. I love that. It's a little bit of an irony, irony, isn't there? Because like Guy Fawkes' plan didn't work either. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> Ian wants the, more protection and that's why he's done this. Because he said the police weren't taking him seriously. So he thought, well, if he'd done this, they would. But this is Ian's problem. Like, he doesn't just tell people that, the way he's feeling. Instead, he, like, orchestrates these crazy lies, which then offend the people more. Like, all of them, like Ben and Bobby and everyone, might have actually come round. Had Ian just sat down and spoken to them and said, look, I know that I've been awful. I know I've been terrible. But please forgive us. That would be nice and sincere. <laughs> Instead, he's like, I'm going to set up a firework and make more come running. <laughs> and then the next day, when the door goes and Sharon's like, used up all your energy on the fireworks, did you? Because he doesn't answer it, he just sits down. They're like, he has a little bit of a lazy beggar. He oh, kind of yeah. reminds me, reminds me of like Tina. <laughs> he's, he's never out with that dressing gown lately, is he? He's not, is he? I knew you were going to pick up on that because he's not. <laughs> he's always, wonder, he has the way he is. He's always in that dressing gown. What was that Billy called him? Hard working? I think not. <laughs> so they've charged Tina, and well, Sharon is absolutely delighted. Ian, not so much. Jack, confused, because he doesn't, although he was the one questioning Tina for a long time, he realises, ah, couldn't have been her. So he, Ian decides he's, well, he's got love fair, bridges he's burned, and, well, he should probably apologise to a lot of people. He's made a list. He's realised there's a lot of people who hate him. I love that. He's making a list. He's, he's checking, checking it twice. He's going to find out if he's been naughty or nice. <laughs> like, I do love it. Ian Beale is coming to town. I love when he was like, I'm making a list. And Sharon was like, are you a bit too old for Christmas list? I was like, well, he might be writing to Krampus. He punishes bad children. Maybe that's who he's writing to. I thought she was going to say, are you checking it twice? But she didn't. <laughs> Let down. <laughs> and then just as they're looking at the list and having a bit of a laugh a massive brick comes through the window oh Christmas Merry Christmas everyone <laughs> imagine if it was just that was what was written on it like Merry Christmas <laughs> just someone really into the spirit of the holidays they're like Merry Christmas I'm not doing <laughs> cards this year 
Just bricks. <laughs> like Home Alone 2, where he just keeps throwing bricks at them. You know, at the two burglars. Yeah. And Ian believes Tina when she swears to him. Swears on Sylvie and Stan's life, actually. Yes, he did. I like saying, you could trust her because her mother always said she could have been a star. <laughs> and Ian does trust her, mostly because he doesn't think she's capable of murdering and covering it up. Um, and so he sets about trying to make things right, isn't he? He will do anything, anything to make this right with everyone who he's offended. He is going to reform like Scrooge uh, on the film Scrooge, Christmas Carol. He's going to reform. Starting with his sons. When he said he'll do anything to Peter and Bobby, did you expect Peter to go, well, can I have a raise on your allowance? Then? <laughs> I would have loved that. I would have loved I really, it. really did expect that. <laughs> How good did Peter look in that scene? Emma. That's a Christmas pudding I would like to, you know, have a bite of. <laughs> Christmas cracker I'd like to pull. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Really, me and Emma are just like love starved, like thirsty ass bitches. <laughs> That's all. That's what this podcast basically becomes, doesn't it? It's just like the thirst is real. <laughs> just change the name. The oh no, is... we should really just change it to the the classic "Hot Men Will Do." Hot Men Will Do for me, Emma. Hot, Hot Men, men will, will Do. So Ian's impressed with himself. It, he thinks it's worked because they've decided. Well, be, all all Bobby says is this: "We might see you at the community event later." That's what you say to people, don't you? When you don't really want to meet up with them, yeah. like, "Well, I might see you." Might see you later. Might see you there. You're not I mean, coming. I love the community event with all the. I was just about to say. All the thoughts. Love the gospel choir as well. The gospel version of East Seventeen. I was in a state of shock. Stay now, stay. <laughs> all the one missing was that like lady. You know how every now and again it cuts to like a woman with this like crazy shroud over her, and she's like, just trying to get out the shroud. <laughs> stay now, stay. I was hoping someone would have done that, like. You know, like Ruby or someone just got in like a fitted sheet and was just like, Stein, baby, if you've got to go away. Show someone trying to make the bed. Yeah, I still don't understand how that's a Christmas song. I don't. I know it's got snow in the video, but that's not a Christmas song. No, it's not. I don't see it as a Christmas song. (laughs) Controversial. Look at us, controversial. I know we're controversial. That's why we got that one star rating on uh, Apple. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Also about the gospel choir, I did pick up on something else and I just couldn't stop hearing it. The deep-voiced man, the baritone. Did you hear him? I'm sorry. Everyone else, voices of angels. Oh, there was one that was out of tune, wasn't there? His. It was his. (laughs) His was completely out of sync, completely out of harmony and out of tune with everyone else. So. If you got to go away, don't think I could take the pain. I was like, Jesus. And then once I heard it, it was all I could hear. I couldn't even enjoy the rest of the singers. I was like, oh my God. I really focused on the one person. Yes, so bad. Stay now, stay. Ruby comes out. <laughs> Ruby starts singing in that fitted sheet. Because remember, that's how her and Martin got. Got together. True, true. They made a bed together. <laughs> she is her. She's that woman in the seat. <laughs> stay now. Because she doesn't want to go. Stay now. Stay now. <laughs> she doesn't want him to go back to Stacey. <laughs> Baby, if you've got to go 
Stacy Slater. <laughs> Can you stay now the day? Stay now. <laughs> oh, fabulous. We oh, do entertain ourselves. The photos. You had Peggy. Oh, how sad when Phil looked up. Peggy and Pauline. <gasps> you had Pauline and Arthur, Den and Angie, and then Pat and Frank when they were 57. <laughs> Oh. 57. 57 was always packed. 57 was always there. Oh, Emma, I'm not over them being gone. All these icons. That was that was the thing. There were so many people. I was like, oh no. And then Ben raised a glass to Abby. That Ben had oh. never met Abby. I did love that because it was like raising a glass to the woman who you gave the clap to, who then <laughs> gave it to and lied about her being pregnant. <laughs> That's all I could think. I was like, yes. It's raising a glass. She has the STIs. Life to having my child. <laughs> so then we get a different photo to the rest. R.I.P. Ian Beale. Rip Ian Beale. Who wants to rip him? I love when Kim's like, what we're ripping him of? <laughs> I mean, I do love Kim's entire dialogue during this scene. She's like, <gasps> We're just torn a pill. Who, <laughs> yeah. by the way, got to see because we've not seen her for ages. I know one icon. And she's she's like, why is it? Why is it that these people are all gone? Oh well, <laughs> Albert Square can be a dangerous place. What a flipping lovely thing to tell a child on Christmas. But to be fair, she's correct. I mean, it is true. We're <laughs> saying, why? It just is. <laughs> you gonna help us feel less anxious now, like? Tell us why and why how we can avoid being killed in, <laughs> in Albert Square. But then Ian's line was classic. It reminded me of a bit of Bobby's, it's Lucy. Because Ian was like, they're here. They're here. And then it goes like, through everyone it could be. You know yeah. what? I was really sad about this whole Sharon and Ian not being friends anymore. Because they're not. Because actually it felt quite genuine when they were talking about Lou Beale. Yes. And it just made me so sad. You've got Stacey and Ruby, who used to be friends, and now not. Then them two, because he locked Denny in. Why? Did, why? These were two long-running... I mean, Sharon and Ian are such a long-running friendship. This is going back 35 years, and it's ruined. Yeah, ruined, like... And that makes me so sad. Permanently. And me and Emma will get over it eventually, but... It at takes the moment, time. It's just raw. Very raw. Me and Emma are very very heartbroken it is like that isn't it it's very sad that like they've grown up and this has happened like this has ruined all that friendship and like i can't understand like sharon's feelings like i do obviously understand it but like it's just so sad that it's destroyed because it's like you say there were genuine moments almost with like her mentioning lou beale them talking about like sharon's hair and stuff like that was all really sweet stuff it's just odd. Anyway, Christmas Day rolls round and Ian's waiting for Santa with a bat. Oh, I love that. Sharon's like, I hope Santa made it out alive. I love that. I was like, flipping heck. She's had all the lines lately. Yeah, she has. She's been killing it. Love Tish. She does it so well. Like, she does. She's just a part of EastEnders, isn't she, permanently? Yeah. She is EastEnders. Her and Ian are EastEnders. And they Phil. Are. And Phil, yeah. But that, like, then, like, the best becomes, and she's like, well, maybe it's just a prank. 
all of this. And he's like, a prank. Smacked us over the head. Sent us a bullet. Put a brick through my window. Prank. The best like, part is, it ended up being like the police were saying it was a prank, like that stuff. Yeah. Obviously not the attack, but the, because it was all Peter doing pranks. And they were quite satisfied it was just a prank. So she was right. <laughs> I did love her. Like, because he goes outside, doesn't he? Ben's with Lexi. He's doing the dad thing, isn't he? which was lovely. Was was lovely, wasn't it? Love it. We love a good reference to real life. And it was like Ben was doing the dad thing, wasn't he? He had a had a bike. She was like so excited to ride a bike on Christmas Day. He's going to show her how to ride a bike. It was a bit big for our mind, you. That bike. Oh yeah, it was, it was huge. Big. Yeah, a bit big. Um, and Callum being the supportive stepdad was like filming, wasn't he? He was like, oh, I've got space on my phone. <laughs> uh, Lola's like, I've got no space for my phone. Filled up with our videos already. I was like, whatever, Lola. It's filled up with flipping pictures of Isaac or something. He's been <laughs> Snapchatting each other, haven't you? I'm on to you, love. <laughs> been saving those in her phone, hasn't she? Yeah, I, we, we know, we know what she's got on there. Just don't up, Lola. There's no shame, no judgment here. We do not judge people's lust. We just simply comment on it. <laughs> and so Ian comes over to ruin the family moment. I mean, it wasn't much of a family moment because Peter was even stood in the corner going, can I go back to bed? <laughs> I you can so, do that on Christmas. I was so Peter, though. Like, watching Lexi with a bike would just not be fun to me. I would be exactly like, Peter, can I just go inside? <laughs> like, I don't care. <laughs> me and Peter were right for each other in that family. You were, you were, you were right for each other. The fan fiction and our fans did not lie when they voted for you. I just love it because Ian comes over and like gloat uh, and like, you know, sneer and stuff at them. And it's like, he's having a great time, I is. Is it you? Did you do it? Did you do that last night? And then like the police that come over and say, huh? That's him. That's Ben Mitchell. Peter Beale. <laughs> I love that. Does Ian ever get sick of being wrong? Like, because in his mind he's always right he's so confident with it as well yeah yes he said it's definitely Ben this time definitely thought it was Tina but it's definitely Ben Peter Beale <laughs> Peter Beale I love it because Peter goes because I enjoyed watching you squirm I'm like there goes that bit of yes. psychopathicness again it's Peter. that little bit of evil that comes out of him me and Emma were with you we were with you up until you said those things when you said it about Bobby and enjoyed his misery. We were with Kathy then when she was like, that's a yeah, bit sick. It's like he has a point and then suddenly he turns a dark to a dark corner. Yeah, yeah. And you Tears then go, being right. oh no. <laughs> yeah, she's from being right to disturbing. Yes. Disturbing. I don't know how it's we like, can do that. That's quite a special skill to go from yeah. completely right to, oh my God, no. <laughs> one minute you're all like yes 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 oh no don't sit that no 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 don't no. agree with that no one agrees no one agrees with that Peter no one agrees <laughs> so they go off to see Denny Ian talking about himself the whole I mean she's yeah. off to see a son's grave he's like me blah blah blah, blah. me 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 blah 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 blah, blah. Peter blah 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 Bobby blah, blah. me 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 <laughs> Honestly, it's like a dead child's grave. You cannot do... And you go with the mother of the child. You're like sat there going, well, I just can't believe the way they're treating me. Well, Ian, look at the way you've treated them. You've flipping plonker. Uh-huh. Oh, and then I love it because Sharon's just like, if you're just going to moan, can you just go back to the thing? <laughs> and then like, when he's like, 
I don't want to. I'm scared. She's like, well, tough. I want you to leave. I love it because it's like, <laughs> that should have been my first inkling, really, that she, <laughs> she was somehow involved because Ian is literally traumatised that he was going to get murdered again and Sharon, who's his best friend, is like, get yourself back to that scene of the crime. Get behind that bar. <laughs> I don't care. Tough. Home. Yeah. She makes a, a little call to Phil. And meanwhile, while she's making this call, we do see Ian go back to the Vic where he's absolutely terrified. And it's just made a little bit more scary because he has something. He's packing. He's got his baseball bat. It's Ben. I mean, I did love it because like the he was terrified of like someone with darts, but he had a, a massive baseball bat. Maybe if you're so frightened that you're scared of darts being thrown at you, you probably shouldn't have went with a weapon to begin with. I think just accept your fate, Ian, really. <laughs> I think just accept your fate because you're never going to swing that bat hard enough, are you? Let's be real. And I love it because Ben comes and he's like, I didn't do what you thought I did. I didn't try and kill you, Ian. But I did leave you to die. So don't you tell my daughter that I'm not a nice person, right? Because I'm going to make sure that she loves me, not like your kids. They hate you, Ian. He also done a Peter as well. He said, I wanted to watch you squirm. Everyone loves to watch you squirm, don't they? Do you think they picked up the same script? Maybe. Maybe <laughs> Calamaxi knocked the scripts again. Not again. Not again, Emma. I'm going to just apologise now if anyone can hear three lines on the shirt. Some delivery guy is absolutely blasting it. Well, we'll be accompanied by three lions. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's <laughs> our very Geordie theme in the background. Um, I just love it because, like I say, Ben's somehow trying to convince Ian to, to not make him look bad in front of Lexi, but did definitely leave his brother to die. Mm. <laughs> and just, just as they're talking, Phil and Sharon are having a bit of a meet-up, aren't they? And Sharon is listening to Denny's voicemail. I can say I did slightly call it because I said there was definitely a Sharon and Phil team up against Ian. You did? I said yep. I, I didn't know if it was for money or if it was for revenge on Denny. I didn't know which one. I had, a little I, bit I, devastated that Mick <laughs> wasn't the killer. <laughs> <laughs> I did say I didn't think that Sharon would do this kind of thing, but... So that's where I got it wrong. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, Emma, like I said, we have gotten one theory right. Yeah. Well, right, I'm going to take been... this one. I'm going to take it because it. Yeah, was, exactly. It was partly right. You said it. So you said I'm it. I'll take it. I'll, I'll take you whatever I can. I'm clutching at straws and I'm taking it. <laughs> I would. I would. <laughs> I mean, I do. We're like those cult leaders. We saw our We're like, well, we're, we're sort of wrong, but really, we were right. <laughs> exactly. We'll be right in the end. <laughs> And um, Sharon's had uh, a voicemail, hasn't she? Denny's she had that voicemail. voicemail from Denny. She had it for two months. So that must mean when they dropped the stuff off, when they got Denny's stuff back and she gave that like look to Ian. That was very clever because I didn't suspect her at all then. I thought she'd believe Dottie a little. I didn't think she suspected Ian because she'd found something. Like, I thought that she kind of just assumed. Yeah, same, yeah. what Dottie had said. And I thought like she was maybe having second thoughts on one on what Dottie said. Yeah, and um, so just goes to show she, somehow miraculously she must have put that phone into a bowl of rice because <laughs> she managed to save 
that phone and everything on it. Can you believe that? Also, <laughs> uh, how, live it. If that phone went into the Thames, yes. Firstly, how would they get that out? Like, why? Yeah, would, how would they get it back? There's no way you would find that, surely. I just love the fact. No, surely it'd be covered in water to the point it's dead, like really yeah. dead. Dirt, grime, water, chemicals. There'll be loads of stuff in there. Like, there's no way on earth that phone will be functioning. There's no bowl of rice in the world that can save that phone. <laughs> Not a bowl of rice big enough to save that. She wants justice. She, she wants, wants justice. She wants it now. You know, Phil's messed up. He's messed it all up. She wants it done today. He's like, no, I we'll, mean, do, we'll do it tonight. She's like, no, I yeah, want it done now. He's I home. do love it how he's like... No, the day's not good for me. Can we say about eight? I wanted eight. to go and have me turkey. We didn't get it last year, remember, Sharon? The whole affair. Yeah, like, oh, I threw I the can't. table. Yeah, no. I can't, Sharon. The Queen's speech is on in a minute. <laughs> I love when Phil walked off like, oh, gosh. I know, I love it. By the way, how fast does he move? He got from that scene to being at the back of the Vic in Dead an quick. instant. He's like time, Lucas. Time travel or something's going yeah, on there. Like the way Lucas just disappeared, Phil just appears. Yeah. Amazing work. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he drove really fast. Yeah, just like killed a load of pedestrians as he speeds. <laughs> couldn't, couldn't finish the job with Ian, but he'll just kill a bunch yeah. of pedestrians speeding through. <laughs> I love it. We've got the flashback. So... Phil had hit Ian, but then he heard a noise, not realising the noise was only Peter just graffitiing, which we said, I, we got that right, we said Peter will have graffitied. He, he did the graffiti. So then he just done a runner. Yeah, I do love the fact that Phil's like, nah, I've kind of, I kind of screwed up the first time now, I, I, I'm not really feeling it, Sharon. I'm not really feeling it. I know I, I know I went there with the intent to murder the man and like physically smash him in the back of the head, but now I'm a, I'm a bit like, nah. 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 It's not for me, this. Not for me. Flipping heck, you've managed to get cold feet five minutes, uh, like, flipping quick, haven't you? You've just took part in murdering someone or attempted murder. How do you then just go, actually, nah. Not it's the way, the way Sharon's like, it's all right, Tina and Peter are in the frame, we're in the clear. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Well, I never really like Peter anyway. <laughs> It's always so high and mighty him. Kathy was right about him. <laughs> you mean it's strange how he hasn't forgiven Bobby? Yeah. The freak. <laughs> everyone's, everyone's forgiven Bobby. But P.I., what a freak. What a freak. He's really trying. Bobby. He's, He's trying. Really trying. He's really trying. He's really trying. So P.I. should just forget the fact that he murdered twin. <laughs> I do love it because like Sharon is like this like murderous lady of the like night or something she's the manor like she kind of like exudes this like lordship doesn't she she's like i don't know what to describe like she's like a mix of things like cruella de vil meets the queen like meets a celebrity like she's <laughs> all these things rolled into one and she's just like i want it done now phil if it was blood you would have killed ian and he's like yes but ian's sort of like ben's brother and, and ben like, said he didn't want him dead either he said he he loves them deep down. He's a pillock, but he loves them. Yeah. And I think um, the problem is, is that Sharon does. Sharon does. And I can understand her pain and I can understand her fury. But like, it's like Phil said, she's just grieving. She hasn't allowed herself to grieve. No. Her life was turned upside down with all the Phil stuff, Keanu, Albie. 
And then Danny, like, she hasn't had time to even process what happened. She probably should have just left the square. Like, yeah. really, it took, took some a bit time of, to process. Took a bit of time. Because even if, yeah, if you think about it, she just, she didn't have time to process any of it. And then there was all the business with Albie and then the, mm-hmm. getting the Vic. The Vic? And I mean, let's be honest, lockdown's probably been quite confusing as well. Yeah, that would have been traumatic for her. Like, you know, she wouldn't have been able to go visit her son's grave as much as she yeah. probably liked. Like, things like that. Like, it it must just be really, really hard for her. But at the same time, Sharon, murder's not the answer, love. No. Me and Emma are going to take a stand on that. We're going to say <laughs> murder's not the answer. No, it's I know not. it's a controversial one for the square. I know that they sometimes think that murder is the answer. <laughs> but, um... <laughs> Yeah, me and Emma are going to have to say, murder's not the answer. It's not the answer. So off Sharon goes home, crushes up some stuff, and uh, gets that in the Christmas pudding and serves it up to Ian. I mean, we don't worry about them fumes. She stood there, right? She's burning <laughs> all those chemicals in a spoon, like a flipping, you know, like really. She's like burning it up like that, isn't she? And I'm like, flipping heck. You're not worried about... Fall now at dead yourself. I can't believe that she's going to, like, poison him slowly. <laughs> yeah, that's quite malicious, isn't it? Uh-huh. Mind you, living for the fact that she was like, right, just need a little bit of motivation. Please, the, please, the, <laughs> please the recording one more time. Like, it was like, nah, I'm, I've, I'm a fill on this, actually. I don't think I can do it. I'll listen to that again. Right, I hate him. There we go. Yeah, you're right, Denny. I'll kill him. <laughs> I mean, like... I love that everyone also seems to have those pastel things. You know, the, the pastel things. Oh, the, they do? They do. Everyone that's what, um, has those grinded things. Cush and Shirley used for jeans. Yeah. Yeah. You never Maybe see them. Maybe she borrowed it from them. I never see them on a normal day. No, I don't. I've never seen them in a kitchen. No. Like a normal person's kitchen. Um, But, but Ian's loving it, isn't he? He's loving, loving it. It's time for e twenties. Spotlight! We asked you on Twitter what you thought of the Christmas episodes and what you're hoping to see in the New Year episodes and in 2021. So we're going to read out a few of your comments now. So thank you for sending them in. We're going to start with Gina, who is at Balaam's Tartan. She loved the whole Sharon and Phil partnership and she thinks it's still great to watch. And she thinks that Linda's going to choose Mick. Uh, Grey will try and kill Tina and for 2021 she would like some happier times for Balam and a boyfriend for Kathy. That would be nice. I feel like Kathy does need like a boyfriend. Like, let's be real. Poor Kathy, her last date with, with Ian with an extra eye. And no one <laughs> wants to date a Cyclops. <laughs> it would be nice for Kathy, wouldn't it? It would. And we also got a lovely message from longtime friend and listener of the show, Annie May, whose at is EastEnders underscore 247. She said that she loved all of this week's episodes, but Christmas Day was on another level. And she had a feeling it was going to be Sharon. I mean, we predicted Mick, but, uh, you know, we are often wrong. <laughs> <laughs> She predicted that it was going to be Sharon and Phil or Ben would somehow be involved. Um, so well done on her. She got that right. Yay! The Max and Linda slash Martin and Ruby stuff can get binned. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> you just get hoid. 
And Tina, apparently, is going to definitely die in the dishwasher and it's triggering her. I love the whole get in the bin. <laughs> I love that. We're with That's you. We're with you. We're with you. Oh, Martin and Ruby, yeah. In that bin. Get it in the bin. We also have a message from Broken Spell, who is at Broken Spell 77. Really great episodes that were driven by dramatic storylines and the start of some new ones. And he goes on to say there was some great performances by Letitia Dean, Diane Parrish, Kelly Bright, LBW, who I think is Louisa Bradshaw-White, <laughs> and Max Bowden. And yes, everyone done really well over Christmas. And I mean, did. Uh, Tina was was fantastic in those scenes with Grey. So good. So good. And fun as well. She still brought that fun element on like the Christmas episodes and stuff. So. Yeah. It, they they have really pulled it out of the bag this year. Last year, I think we enjoyed it, but there was something missing from the episodes. I'm definitely with Broken Spell on this one. I feel like there was some really a strong and dramatic, like, number of strong and dramatic storylines yeah, this time around. Yeah, I much preferred this year to last year, definitely. Yeah. It felt more EastEnders this year. Yes. And another person who uh, got in touch to let us know what they thought was Benny Boy. The at is at Latchia, which is L-A-T-C-H-I-A, and then a big capital V, straight after. Now, Benny Boy said, Lucas trying to kill Patrick or Ruby, that's what they think might be coming mm. down the line. And I can I could definitely see either one of those. I mean, I would be devastated <gasps> if our Patty got, got Oh murdered. no, protect me Patty. Me and Emma would costs. be in mourning. I would. I really would. Follows me on my personal Twitter. Oh, Patty. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. That's my claim to fame. <laughs> <laughs> so I could definitely say it though, because they're, they're going to want to make this Lucas return very dramatic. Yeah. And I could definitely see Patrick or Ruby being a victim of him, especially since we've got that creepy scene with Ruby where he was like staring and following her. Yeah, the Ruby definitely. thing was there for a reason. Whatever yeah. reason that was, it was there for a reason. And uh, Betty Boy also wants Martin and Stacey together in the new year. I Yay! think we all, we all do. Yes. I'm so, I'm so happy that them. everyone seemed to say that in their comments that they want Martin and Stacey back together. Thanks, guys. We need them back. <laughs> yes. Come on, guys. We need, Come on, we need that. Yes. We need that to keep going. Get them to change it. Get them to do yes. it. Let's start a revolution. <laughs> start a petition <laughs> yes get that petition going don't know who I'm talking to I like looked again to the side so it's like I've got so much <laughs> it's just me <laughs> well thank you all for your lovely comments and it's great to hear what you think too and we will be doing E20 Spotlight again this week's episode is sponsored by A Very Walford Christmas how about you have yourself one next year if you fancy a lovely, tasty Christmas pudding this year with all the trimmings, including Valium, Rehypnol, Penicillin and, of course, Paracetamol, or perhaps you want to hand a very exclusive and very luxurious watch to your ex-lover whilst giving a keyring to your other wife, well, we've got that sorted too. Come on down and purchase a very Warford Christmas. Dun, 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 dun. Happy Christmas, Ange.